Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A great day to you and yours. Hope this finds you doing well. It's Balls McWednesday. We're ready to roll, baby. Got a great show for you today, just like every day. But today has one Leonard Hamilton on the program. And I'm always excited to talk to Coach Hamilton. That's a good time. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. And we appreciate you uh, being here always. The week, hey, you know, Tom, Tom, here we go. The week is uh, rapidly going by. I like it. Let's go. I feel good. I got the War Chant report today after the show. Going to sit down with the fellas. Got the golf show tonight with Trey Jones. A little PGA Tour action. Tomorrow's Thursday. Redemption Thursday off a good week. Before we know it, we talk in pregame Florida State Miami, and the beatdown will be on. Kane's reeling. Chance to take advantage. Step on some next. Dominate a rival. Beat him for two years in a row. And put yourself in a position to win over even more recruits and get this thing moving towards nine wins. I am ready. You know, we distributed a video yesterday on the channel on War Chant TV yeah. in which uh, we replayed your thoughts from Monday in the Monday Open, in which you're saying they're asking for a beating. Miami's well, asking I, for I, it. I think I said that. I think I said they may be asking for an ass kicking. You did. Exactly. Mm. Verbatim. Yeah, I think and I did. so the question was are you going to be up to the task mm-hmm. in situations in order to deliver it? Well, I have Me to tell you. Me personally, I am up for that situation. You, I know you yeah. are. Are you buttoned up and. <laughs> I'm buttoned up and ready to go. Locked down, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locked in. Yeah. If you're and focused. Today, I'm doing the project for the website, Warchant, and you know the third and Lang feature mm-hmm. on this particular game. It's a great feature. And my God, what I saw today out of Miami's defense, I did not expect to see because numerically, they're pretty good. Numerically, they're pretty good. Yeah. And I think they're not awful, but they're vulnerable in a way I did not really expect to see. But once I looked closely at the North Carolina game, closely at the Middle Tennessee game of all games, too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting stuff. So, Tom... Now, listen, you do so much for this website of ours, Warchant.com. You work tirelessly, and so I can't expect you to get down in the weeds at all times for every opponent until the week of the game. But because I care so much about the Florida State-Miami rivalry, oftentimes weeks in advance I do scouting. And so it is that I said to you weeks ago that I thought, Miami's got some problems. They got some trouble. Oh well, on its face. On it, no, I'm not talking about scores. I yeah. was talking about. I watched that Southern Miss game. I've watched some of the other games, and I thought to myself, Tom, Tom, they don't have receivers. They're green. They've got 
Their fondness for the drops. The new offense is not meshing like it did a year ago. You've got a quarterback who's looking around a little confused, a little frustrated. The offensive line has real holes. They don't trust the secondary, and why should they? Their linebackers are weak. Good defensive line. I'll give them that. But that's it. That's all, baby. They don't have much going for them. Yeah, I didn't want to focus too much on the offense because who the hell is going to play quarterback? And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, but do you want to spend a whole lot of time on Van Dyke if he's not going to be available and Cristobal is engaging in gamesmanship this week? So mm-hmm. let's focus on the defense and see what they could do to stop and slow down the attack from FSU. Well, short of situational mistakes, I think we're going to be in a position once again this week to score into the mid or upper 30s at minimum. But you got to cash in on those chances because if you do, yeah. this could get fun. Yeah. It gets exciting. It does. It really gets exciting. I uh, I hope they do. I know rivalry games. Anything can happen. You know, we know that. I, I I'm well aware that sometimes things don't go according to script. It is a game still played by human beings. It is a situation where kids make mistakes. It's college, and you know we've said for years, kind of a saying on the show, a little bit of uh, kids are subject to the whims of emotion. I bring that. I use that phrase probably too much, but it's true, and it's one thing I've really learned over the years, both at having kids myself, but also watching and covering them. Um, you know, you just never know what's going to send somebody down the wrong path, and they lose confidence and things like that, and so you get worried about it. Uh, but you especially get worried about it when it's Florida State Miami week because when you think you've got the better team and Florida State is the better team here, so when you have the better side, you have more to lose. You have more to lose uh, in that you you recognize that they need a little of your help for this to be an upset that that can happen. And we've been a team yeah. that likes to give. We're very generous. At we times. are generous. Yeah. Yeah. We're generous in the red zone. We're generous in the way that we don't always execute in situations. And so you just worry that if that were to rear its ugly head again, you know, obviously you have yourself a game and you know, you, nobody wants that. This should be a rocking chair day. Now, I do know this. I'm looking here on the screen and I can see him in the green room. There he is. He's the man. He's the legend. And it is always around this time of year, right, when we get started with basketball that I get a chance to talk to Leonard Hamilton, and it looks like I'm going to be able to do that right now. Tommy, if you'll bring him in from the green room, I'll be able to see my guy. There he is. There he is. Hello, Coach Hamilton. How are you? <laughs> Hello, fellas. <laughs> You're looking good, buddy. Looking good. How you feeling? Well, you know, you have to fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time I saw you, I was coming out to watch my son play at your basketball camp, and you still had the cane, but I was at the exhibition game the other night. You don't have it. You look good. You're walking around fine. Well, you know, I had total hip replacement surgery in um, May the 2nd. Mm-hmm. I'm probably about 80% back, you know. I used to wonder, Jeff, when I'd see people as they get up in the A's, they had a little, giddy, had a little hitch in their walk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, you know, I used to always wonder, boy, I hope I don't. That's what I got now. I got a little hitch in my walk. So give me a couple more months. It's about a year to overcome th- those types of surgeries. So. I'm hitching right now, but I'm going to get straightened out. Yeah, I'll be back on racehorse pretty soon. I'm yeah, hitching the giddy-up, but you look good. Hey, while I'm on this note, I know you and I are going to talk about the team and all that, but I I do want to say congratulations, first of all, on receiving the Joe Lapchick uh, Character Award. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't overlook that. I think that's important. Uh, it, for those that don't know, Coach, let me brag on you for a second. That foundation – uh, and it does a lot of things, but it recognizes basketball coaches, figures of all kind from all levels of men's and women's basketball who have demonstrated, in short, honorable character, 
throughout the years and mentorship and leadership and obviously all the things that we associate those with high levels of character. And I can't think of a better recipient than you, sir. So congratulations on that. Well, it means an awful lot to me to eat my, for my name to be associated with the Lepchak family because they've done so much individually for, uh, for, for, for basketball and for people in general. They've been fighting wars that, that uh, for people who are uh, disadvantaged for many, many years. Uh, and, 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 and people might not know this, but uh, uh, Mr. Lapchak brought Sweet, Florida, uh, Sweet Water Clifton into the NBA, mm-hmm. the first African-American player to ever play. And obviously during that time, back in, back in the I mean, late 60s or whenever it was, um, that wasn't a very popular thing to do. But from a character standpoint, uh, that's what he thought was best. And what you see now is opportunities for people from all over the world participating uh, in, in the NBA. So I, I can't think of anybody who I'd rather be associated with than the Loptech family. Coach, when you got that call, can you take me through that real quick? I know you don't like to brag on yourself, but that had to be a great moment. So you get that call, you get the heads up that you're going to be a recipient to that award, and you understand the history, you understand who they are, what they represent. Uh, take us through that day. That had to be a heck of an honor. It was a very, very humbling moment for me because I actually uh, am a recipient. Of, a benef- I benefited from all Mr. Lapchak's work. You know, he had this uh scorecard that he kept on baseball, football, basketball, uh, and he sent that great report out every year. And if people were not um, making progress in those areas, uh, he he called them out. And he did it in a classy way where he's never been a controversial figure. Uh, He explained to people that, you know, diversity is okay. And and so I had to take my hat off to him because – that, that's a tremendous amount of courage for, on his part. And then with his son, Richard, can you think of the conversation they had at the dinner table? Mm-hmm. Because Richard has now taken his father's legacy and taken it to another level. So, so I'm very humbled to be associated with, with such a, a high-character family. Very cool, and I'm glad you received that award. Let's move forward with this, Coach. I'll get it out of the way right now. I'm sure it's a sore subject. For those that listen on this show on a regular basis, they already know my thoughts on this. I need your thoughts on this. I'm, of course, speaking about the NCAA's ruling involving Bob Miller, who's lost an NCAA appeal, uh, received travel assistance between his home in Spain and the United States for a training camp. Florida State was not involved in that. He loses 50% of his freshman season. His family repaid the money. This seems completely out of touch, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know what you can say and what you can't say. Your thoughts on that ruling from the NCAA involving Bob Miller? Well, the first thing I would say, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the job that the NCAA has done over the years. They have a very difficult uh, challenge uh, of dealing with all the different sports, internationally and domestically. And, and, and it's been a – they've done a, as good a job as you can at keeping things, you know, uh, on an even basis. But I do have some concerns about – I'm disappointed about this because I can't find any source of information that lets me know that they have had an extensive educational program uh, uh, to educate people internationally as to what the do's and don'ts are. 
So we're holding this young man uh, 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 accountable for what his family does not know. There was no NCAA book for them to look at. They didn't even know anyone who has an NCAA book. So when I think about all the international kids that, that have come to America to play sports, and they all operate under a different system without the guidance of somebody somewhere or the NCAA making an attempt to deal with all the sports organizations abroad to make sure that they understand what they can and cannot do. It's hard for me to accept that they hold a youngster accountable for what they have not been ex they have not been exposed to, and that bothered me a little bit because I would think if you're gonna hold a youngster accountable in his family when they're trying to do what's right and they make a mistake, that you gotta have, but you have not had an attempt that doesn't seem to be a real extended attempt of how you educate people so they don't make mistakes. And when you look at the the NBA Academy that the NCAA supported, which I'm in agreement, I support it too. And I I, I, I I believe that somebody, I don't know who it was, provide transportation for the families and for those kids to go to those camps. Now, so so in my opinion, if we already, if the landscape has moved to the point where you're allowing that to happen, now you're allowing all different things to happen now uh, because of the NIL and other things, mm -hmm. the landscape has changed. So it's confusing to me as to why we don't take that under consideration in a case like this. Um, I, I, I do think that, uh, that, that, that because of the different landscape, that what we are allowing people to do now is not the way it used to be. And I think our, 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 our set of rules need to be brought up to the date to match it, it, internationally yeah. what we're doing domestically. And things that we're allowing it to, to do domestically now, legal, is at a whole other level that, that I'm sure you would agree to. So I'm disappointed in that fact that they're, they're, they've been held accountable for what they didn't know, as I see it. Last thing on that, are, is that the final thing that we're going to hear about this, Coach? I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. I know it's a frustrating subject matter, but I know how delicate you have to be as well. Uh, Florida State fans have asked me, uh, will there be any further follow-up? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, are we stuck with 16 games? Is there any other avenue by which uh, to appeal this, or has that been exhausted? I believe it's been exhausted. I we're still searching for some cracks somewhere that maybe <laughs> we, 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 we could benefit from. But at this particular point, you know, there's the hand that's being dealt to us, and I'm not real sure we have a lot of recourse. 
All right, so let's talk about what you do have. You'll get Baba back for the second half of the season. I got to watch him play. Thank goodness I came to the exhibition game. I know what he's about. It was good to see him. We'll talk of him about him later. We know why we're excited to have him on the roster when he does get to play. Um, talk about the transition from last year's team to this year's team. I know whenever you and I get together to do the overview, I kind of give you carte blanche because you know your team. You've been practicing with your team. I can name names, and I know who's on the team from a year ago and who left from a year ago, but I want to hear you describe what you think this team is. Usually early in the year, they are indeed a work in progress. So start wherever you'd like, Coach. Either talk about the newcomers or what you expect from this group early on. This is a different kind of team than what we've had in the past. You know, I've always had a, a, a set of veterans returning that kind of set the table uh, for the culture that we've tried to establish here over the years. Now, um, we're in a situation now where my most experienced players are now second-year players in my program, which doesn't mold well to say that we're a very experienced team. We have guys who got some experience last year in our system, uh, but they're uh, uh, um, second-year players, and sometimes it takes a little longer to, you know, to, to get into the groove uh, of our system. Now, um, with, with, with Jalen Ganey going out with AC, ACL early, that was a tremendous blow because he was my best de post defender. He was my, boast, my best shot blocker. Uh, he was a, uh, in graduate school, transferred from, from uh, Brown University where he was defensive player of the year two years in a row. Not two years in a row, but two years. Um, in the, in the Ivy League, and he was academic all-conference. He, he brought an intellectual, um, a savvy part to the game that was made up for some of our lack of experience. Um, now you, you, we have Chandler Jackson, the incoming freshman, who broke his thumb. He hadn't practiced in about six weeks. And, <laughs> the news just and, keeps on coming, Coach. <laughs> and, and, and Cam Fletcher – at this point, can only he can only play and not practice because of a bad back. So you throw Bobber in that. So now you got four of your top eight players being affected in your system, and but but and we have eight new players that are, are basically learning. So, so what the challenge for us is to come together and be and be able to maintain our same system, and 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 hope that we can get through. Well, I think we will uh, hold the fort down, uh, but we're we going to be a little different. We'll be more of a four-guard lineup uh, without the size. <clears throat> without the size, I had planned to rotate Cameron Cohen to the four and the five, who gave him, along with uh, along with Baba, and, and, and then utilizing uh, Camp Fletcher there too. Yeah. But, but now we're going to be more strictly a a four-guard offense, I'm not as concerned about our lack of size because, you know, we always from 6'5 to 6'7 in, in our perimeter positions. I think we'll be okay there. The challenge for us will be to be more efficient, um, maybe a little less shot blocking, but be more in, in terms of the little things, deflection, steals, blockouts, uh, ball movement, good decisions. That's where we got to hang our hat on this year as opposed to having 
the, the normal overall fiscal presence that sometimes can be imposing on your on, on, on teams uh, um, that that when they play us. So what we're doing is is working hard with an inexperienced team to become more efficient, more together, um, doing all the little fundamental things at, at, a, at a, a a more efficient rate than maybe the inexperienced players should be. We got to overcome that with higher level of concentration, more focus, more togetherness, because we do have enough talent to be as successful as we need to be. Yeah, and you get a healthy Naheem McLeod back. You bring in Darren Green Jr. Got to see him shooting the other night. He looks talented. Obviously, guys know about Caleb Mills from a year ago. I do want to ask you a little bit about the role, very briefly, uh, that Matthew Cleveland has to play in his development. Uh, Really quickly, what do you expect out of him in this situation? And obviously, to get him where he wants to go, he's got to take on more responsibility, I would think. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say he has to. I'm saying all of us have to. Okay. Everyone has to be a part of the load. Specifically with, with, with Matthew, I think he's improved his perimeter shooting tremendously. Uh, we all know that he's a junkyard dog persona, uh, that he's uh, he, he plays hard every possession. He has uh, the ability and in, in clutches in big games to go make plays. Um, I mean, he's a guy who has a lot of those intangibles. Now that he's shooting the ball better, I, I expect you to see uh, him be a lot more uh, productive this year as a sophomore than he was as a freshman. Coach, big picture here. It's uh, You're playing a different way, and you're going to have to obviously find a way to keep your head above water for those 16 games. But I know I've watched you over the years, uh, find a way and navigate those waters, no matter how choppy they might be. Uh, anything else you want the fans that will be coming out to support this basketball team yet again? We know about the home court advantage that Florida State possesses. It's immense. Uh, the records and the numbers are there for themselves. Uh, we talk about them and brag about them all the time. Uh, but anything else you want fans to know as they get set to uh, embrace basketball and start making their way back over to the tuck? I want our fans to know that we are so unbelievably appreciative of the support that they've given us over the years <clears throat> and our record I think I think when we lost we lost six or seven games at home in the last what four or five years yeah, it's hard it's hard to even find the losses it's been so few you know infrequent so so but a lot of that has to do with the support that our fans have given us I mean in those moments where we need a little pickup they're always there for us those moments when we need a, the the visiting team to get rattled they always step up to the plate <laughs> And, 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 and help us in those areas. I, I just want to encourage them to keep coming out, uh, keep supporting us. Uh, we're going to give a full account of ourselves every time we show up. We might not win every game, but doggone, we're going to lay it on the line, and, we, and we're going to represent the Tallahassee community, Florida State, in, in, in the best way we know how. Coach, you know I love talking to you. Uh, I wish you well. I'll see you real soon, and uh, we'll talk again. But uh, until that time, best of luck, and uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yep, take care. That's Leonard Hamilton, head basketball coach, Florida State University. Uh, love talking to Coach Ham uh, every year around this time as the season gets ready to go underway. And he's been dealt a couple of tough blows here, uh, as he just documented. We had to take a real quick break. That ran long, but we'll – uh, come back and kind of respond to what he had to say. Then we'll get into the football, obviously. So Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you, Coach Hamilton. Pleasure to talk with Florida State's head men's basketball coach, uh, always, and uh, appreciate him joining us here today. Yeah, uh, looks like we're stuck on the Bob and Miller situation. That's what I take from that. My understanding from reading, talking with people, this is no secret. It looks like Florida State, looks like the NCAA feels like Florida State should feel thankful for the 16 games that Baba Miller was suspended. Uh, that the original suspension was for the entirety of a season. Can you imagine that type of hubris, that over-the-top, tone-deaf response to an international player who, who is, who's flown over to a camp, to a basketball camp. Not, Florida State had nothing to do with that camp, by the way. Even if they did, there's no shame in that, but they didn't. Participate, find out that because he's an international player and not from, say, Texas or Louisiana, that it then violates an NCAA rule, which is separate from that from anybody who would have gone to that camp in the state or in the, in the United States. And then upon learning that it's a violation, because they, they want to do things the right way, paid back the, the money for the flight, said, oh, well, we're sorry, we didn't know that. And uh, as Coach Hamilton pointed out, they, how could they know that? They didn't know that. Um, and so they said, well, here, here, we'll give you the money back. It's not about the money. He just wanted to be in this camp. He wanted an opportunity to show his wares. So he, he participated, but here's the money. And then the NCAA goes, oh, yeah? Well, I'll tell you what, you're done for a year. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kansas just won a national championship, and it's well-documented what Kansas did to ensure they got certain players that helped them win a national championship. And this is inarguable. This is not an opinion. So much inarguable that Kansas just self-imposed penalties upon themselves announced today. Now, it's convenient to announce those penalties after you win, you know, the national championship. And to say, we hope this clears the matter up. Sorry about that. Can you imagine that the NCAA thinks this is the tact in the era of NIL to take. Well, and the investigation is stemmed from an incident in what year for Kansas? 2017. Mm. Boy, they found a swift justice for a young man who is in his probably one and only year in college basketball, so now he gets half a season. They found a way to make this happen real fast for him, relatively speaking. I know that the incident happened some years ago, but they made sure that it was a penalty for the man before he leaves the NCAA. Not, you know, 
a program that would see any one of those players gone by now right. from Kansas. Right. There's no outstanding violation, no unfair advantage that had been provided to Baba Miller or FSU. And this is the NCAA that we do know uh, refused to give North Carolina, since we're passing out blame and example, so much as a slap on the wrist for 20-plus years of wholesale academic fraud. It was because it was wholesale and not targeted sale. It was available to everybody. You just knew where to look. And obviously, the Adidas scandal of which I speak with Kansas has been well documented to the point where you had, at one point, not the NCAA, but obviously higher law enforcement, like the FBI, investigating that scandal. But okay, by all means, Bob Miller gets 16 games, and you'll like it, because we could have given you a year. He's not going to be able to talk about that, but it does look like we're stuck with it, and so I do appreciate him answering the question. As for the roster, that is a hell of a blow because uh, Baba Miller is a difference maker, and I, I did go to the exhibition game, and I saw his talents on display, and he was going to be a big part of what they did. He bought it in on the defensive end. He's long. He's athletic. He can stay in front of guys in the front court, and as much as we like to switch, that's important. He can shoot. Damn it, man. Is all I'll say about that. Yeah, that the organization that levied this particular suspension, I, I'm not thinking it's ignorance anymore. I think it's malice. I think they choose their battles. It's like the person who lives on social media and comments on every page, leaves all the negative reviews on Google or wherever, mm -hmm. and they write the seven paragraphs. You're like, my God, how much time does this person have in their day? Right. That's the person who's empowered to levy punishments for the NCAA. It's well-maxually person, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, and it's going to hurt this team. They also, unfortunately, have been bit by the injury bug a little bit here, too. So I, I think I'm just going to go back to something I said, and we'll move on because it's Florida State Miami week and it's football and all that. Uh, this is a program of, of substance, Florida State basketball. It's a program that has been wildly successful over the last decade. Uh, obviously, last year they were beset by injury, and unfortunately, to start this year, they are also going to be hit by injury, it would appear, coupled with that suspension. And so I think that the growing pains will be significant early on. I would caution against uh, you know throwing your palms to the sky and giving up early. I'm not telling you they're going to lose a ton of games. I am telling you that it's going to be a fight. They're not going to run away from people. They're going to have a lot of close games. We'll see how the ball bounces. they got to play outside their system. Clearly, Coach just said that. Yep, and listen, I, I know this. Now, Worley did not play in the exhibition game. I, from checking around, uh, it would appear he will be back early in the season, should be able to go maybe even in their first real game. I'm not sure. It's it's not injury-related, Tom. So, uh, over the years, we understand what that means when guys are just I see. absent. So, the NCAA has ruled on him getting <laughs> trick-or-treat candy when he was nine years old, and they said that's uh, impermissible. So You shouldn't attack. That baby Ruth is worth three games. They need him to be back, though, all jokes aside, because he's the only one with any quickness. They're pretty slow in the backcourt right now, and uh, that's problematic. They still have plenty of length because, again, I mentioned Naheem McLeod comes back, all 7'4", 260 of them. The length is there. Uh, he didn't even have to be good. It's just that that is obviously a rim protector at that point. You've got a, a guy that can alter shots. He mentioned they lost Jalen Ganey already, the big kid that came over from Brown, smart kid, but moreover, 6'10", 230, who blocks shots and rebounds. So he's out. Uh, you need Cameron Fletcher. That's your guy. 
to take a big step forward this year. The pressure was off Cameron. Yeah. But now two guys that could have relieved that pressure are not available. No, Cameron's got to play well. But you guys are going to like Darren Green. He came over from UCF, and he can shoot. He's silky. You'll like him. He's not quick, but he's not slow. He's just not that. You know, he's he's a guard who can really shoot. Um Matthew Cleveland was awful in the exhibition. Doesn't mean he'll be awful. We've seen him be real, real good, too. Coach Hamilton talks about his improved shooting. I think Matthew's probably going to have to play uh, kind of an extended role, a different type of role. We'll see how he adheres to that. Um, Some other guys that you'll see play quite a bit, at least judging by that uh, early season game. Uh, There's a kid named Tom House that they brought in who's a freshman from Ohio, 6'7", 200. He's kind of skinny. I mean, you'll see he needs to put on weight. He can shoot. Sounds like that's been Indiana's football coach for the last 30 years. <laughs> that what, he's 6'7"? No, no, Tom House. Just oh, the name. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Tom House. Yeah, cool. Every once in a while, uh, old Tom House will have a program rise up now. Yeah. So so this Tom, 6'7", can shoot it. Uh, he's primarily a shooter. Corin, you're going to like. Cameron Corin. Remember the name? Ham referenced him. He's 6'11", 6'10". Uh, big forward who's athletic, and I think they expect a lot of things from him. He's very young, though. He's also a freshman, so... We'll see. I mean, I the thing about the young guys is they have talent. The the uh, Chandler Jackson kid might give them some quickness in the backcourt. He did not play in the exhibition game, so they got to get him back. That's why I talk about slow starts because you're trying to you're trying to get these kids to work together, and a lot of them haven't been able to practice together, and a lot of them are brand new to the system, and so it's, it, there's a learning curve. We need to come up with an NCAA shirt that really encapsulates how we feel about the organization. <laughs> without crossing the line that a TV camera could actually pick it up and show it. Right, right. We could find whatever that middle ground is. I think we need to create a lot of those shirts. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, they, they would probably sell well and, moreover, make a statement. We don't have to ask Florida State to endorse these shirts, but maybe if they just leave the Civic Center door open one day, we, we could put one in every all seat. out there, yeah. 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 So practice has gone well this week, it feels like, for Florida State football. This has the feel of... Hey, look, not just a rivalry game, but a game that could be a statement game. I went on a show this morning that's uh, aired in many cities throughout the state of Florida. And, Tom, I'll have you know that as I was uh, exiting that show, they, they asked me a parting question about my thoughts. And I'll say boldly that I told them, Miami better hope that Van Dyke plays because if he doesn't, they're going to get blown out. And I feel very, very good. I want to get your thoughts on this. I want to have that conversation with you. Uh, with you. We'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. It's Jeff Cameron Show on a Balls McWednesday. Already having been joined by Leonard Hamilton, you missed that. Go back, get caught up. We'll post it like we always do. Podcast will be up there. YouTube feed is up there. All the ways, man. All of the ways by which to consume what it is we do here, and we appreciate you doing it. So I mentioned before the break, Florida State, I think it's primed to go play a good football game against a hated rival, and one that is, is is I think, probably second-guessing themselves right now. I think um, there there's some uncertainty about where Miami is. Now, a couple things on that. We'll get into the actual play. But it reminds you a little bit of what it means to take over a program that has been scuffling. And we, unfortunately, have been through it. We've watched it happen, and we know the difficulties inherent to year one with anybody. 
Now, occasionally, and fans don't always like to accept this, situation by situation requires uh, you to look and vet differently. you got to see, did, did the coach that got fired at the previous place do a good job of stockpiling talent but fail on the field? Did he do a lot of great things on the field, X's and O's wise, but couldn't recruit? Was it an NCAA violation? Was the administration trying to avoid problems in the future because there was a morality issue? There are all ways to look at why coaches get fired and others get hired and succeed or fail early. But no matter how you look at it, in year one, typically, you have a coach fighting to install a new way of playing the game of football, thinking about the game of football, and certainly coaches, all of them, want to put their stamp, their vision, their worldview, for lack of a better sense, uh, on the program so that they can establish something moving forward that is rooted in something that is real, that the players can buy into and later teach incoming players. That's called creating culture. Whenever you're doing that, you're going to have growing pains. There are going to be issues. They don't always manifest themselves in the way of losses on the field, especially if you have a lot of talent coming back. Uh, sometimes they do manifest themselves in a, a bunch of losses because kids leave and you've got issues and, and all that. What you're seeing with Miami is a combination of things, I think. They're, the personnel ain't great. Not good. They've suffered from injuries as well. And you have a coach trying to flip a culture. And not everybody's bought in. Not everybody's happy with it. These are the growing pains that come with trying to establish something new. Miami is in the midst of all of this, and it plays out on Saturdays in a way that makes me smile. It warms my heart to watch them stumble around in the darkness, just a bunch of buffoons and a smattering of fans watching a once-proud program suck some more. And Florida State has a chance to add to those woes, to go down there and kick sand in their face while they're down. And you need to do that. You need to do that while you can. Just like nobody's ever going to feel sorry for you when you're rebuilding, and nobody did for Mike Norvell and staff. Just like nobody's going to take it easy on you because they happen to be in a better position than you are while you're in the midst of transformation. You can't take it easy on them. Not in the world of recruiting, not in the world of trying to get a leg up and a very fertile ground for recruiting. Not in the world of a rivalry. You've got to pace them. You've got to oblige them with the opportunity to hammer home another message that you're not good enough and you're far from it. They don't appear, save for a few small, I guess, segments here and there or moments, they do not appear to be in a place unless you aid them to win this football game. You've had to do, you're doing a piece, you're writing a piece about Miami's defense, and I think that what you've discovered in watching the film and what I've been watching this year together, it all adds up to the fact there's really no reason for Florida State to go lose this game. It could end up being a close game for any number of reasons, but it ought not be, really under any circumstances, a loss. Yeah, oddly, it was very much film for the Middle Tennessee version of, of watching the games. They had a lightning issue, and so therefore it's essentially all 22 for the first quarter plus, and uh, there's an apology graphic on the screen from ACC Network saying, sorry, we can't do our usual camera work. And it was the same crew who worked this weekend against Georgia Tech, and if anybody watched that game on television, they'll tell you, oh, please, could we get that alternate view, the lightning delay yeah, better view, view. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the weather warning view. The pseudo all-22s look nice. And what's interesting, the only thing that concerns me about 
Florida State's offense going against Miami's defense. And I'm talking between the 20s, not the situational stuff. That's going to concern me the rest of the year yeah, until it's, it's put to bed. Until it's resolved. If you look at Middle Tennessee as just one capsule and then North Carolina. That was Carolina, the 45-31 to 31 loss that Miami suffered at home to Middle Tennessee. That's the one you're talking about? The one where they completed three passes over 65 yards, yeah, one that of which game. was 98, Nin- yards, 98 for yards for a touchdown. For a touchdown yeah. there, you could almost choose which way you want to go, and sometimes I don't like that. I, no. I like when an opponent is deficient in one area, and, and so therefore attack. the game plan is narrowed. I think you've got multiple ways that you could attack this. The game that I found more interesting and eyebrow-raising is the North Carolina game because if you look at just the stat book, it says that Miami held North Carolina to under four yards a carry. Pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you take away the sack-adjusted yards, it's close to five yards a carry. If you take away some of the garbage time slash game management plays that North Carolina called, it's closer to six, six and a half yards a carry. And why is that interesting? Because the way they got to six and a half yards a carry, North Carolina against Miami, they ran counter. A very basic play, a root play in our playbook that we do better than North Carolina does because that's not out of their base. Right. They saw it work at other weeks. They said, all right, let's run some of this stuff. And Rodney Hood, who's a pretty good running back, I don't think he's as good as some of our guys, went in between the tackles, bounced outside. He understood that Miami's linebackers aren't the greatest at, at the leverage and handling movement at the line of scrimmage. And that got me really excited because I think this is a game where even though Middle Tennessee racked up 400-plus yards in the air, a bunch of explosive plays, I think this is a game that you can run down Miami's throat if they do what they did to North Carolina, which is interesting. Because even though North Carolina was gashing them on the ground often in this game, Miami left six men in the box until the fourth quarter. They wouldn't come up. Because they're so scared to death of miscommunications by their secondary that they want to leave two safeties deep. And that stems from... Getting killed by Middle Tennessee, <laughs> where they've got basic communication errors yeah, and guys are just running free, got free down the field. Yeah, so this is the brokenness of which I speak. Right, it is. It's not coordinated. The defense well, is not imagine, coordinated. Imagine having that conversation again because we had it here a year ago through four games in which I'd come on the air every day, going, "Damn it, man! The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing." When you look at this, they are confused. The communication issues are astounding. They solved a lot of those. They're still not great, but they solved a lot of those, meaning us, Florida State. They, But Miami is going through that now, and they haven't solved those issues. And because they're scared of the big play, they play that too-high safety look you're talking about, which means basically, look, the receivers are going to have opportunities and in, in, with wide swaths of grass to sit down, to settle in, and just make play after play after play. And Miami gives those plays up. All the time. Yeah, I think... Jordan can throw it around in this game, and I agree with you. The problem is you could pick your poison in that situation because you'd be tempted to let him sling it. Yes, you would be, and I think it depends on... This is the thing I'm going to look for immediately, personally speaking. Do they walk a safety up and say, we're going to take it away? Or do they, you know, slot defender, whatever it is, and roll one high, and then you have seven guys in your line of scrimmage. If that happens, then you can throw the ball and or Jordan can run. They'll they'll just collapse at the line, and then you've got something on the edges. I think they're going to be able to do both based on counting. He's going to count. Jordan can count. Oh, and and he did so against Georgia Tech early on, and that wasn't the problem in the first quarter. It was him missing throws, hitting the wrong shoulder and situational stuff. This is a game, and I think the rest of the season, outside of Louisiana, is one in which if we've got a chance for a house call on a run and there's a shoestring tackle, think about the first play from scrimmage this week. It's They check, they switch it, kill, kill, blah, blah, blah. They run left, and Benson gets tackled, and it looks like it's going to go the distance. Mm-hmm. 
those are the ones that I just because Stay of on our your si- feet, young man. because of our situational errors. Come on, hit your head in the goalpost, please. Yeah, let's not even invite well, those butterflies. So can I do this? Can I can I say what we now know because it was part of the report? It looks like Treshawn Ward's going to be back. And right. guess who does hit his head on the goalpost if that opens up? Treshawn Ward. That's who. Well, he likes that specific style of yes, running as well. He does. Now the he does. thing is, here's the fun part though, because I feel like this is very similar to the discussion we had about Georgia Tech last week. Remember, we were talking about how the linebackers don't like the flow of things in motion; mm-hmm. they don't handle that well. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Miami. If you can run that outside zone stuff we're running, if you can do that early, and that's what you establish, you can run counter off of that, my God, you're going to yeah. run for hundreds of yards. So, so that's a and, – and I appreciate it because it's uh, – I, I said the word we wanted to vet this, and we are. But that is also a long-winded way of saying, I agree, Jeff, we could beat their ass. Good, yeah. Do you think I succinctly summed up your thoughts there? That, that we, if they execute – are in a position to beat their ass. Yeah, I think there yes. is, if if Van Dyke is the quarterback. You were on the stand. I'd say, thank you, sir. That's it. That's all. You've answered the question. <laughs> You've answered. You don't have to give me any ifs, answer, buts. You answered the question. You said yes. There's. You don't have to equivocate. I get that we could Objection fumble five. Leading, Your Honor. We could fumble five times. We uh, yes, we could get into the red zone and act like a holes again. Yes, we could miss field goals. Yes, we could drop the ball on a direct snap. We we could do any number of things that have frustrated all of us. Or we could execute, and if they execute, man. I thought I'd be more scared of their front, and I'm less scared than I thought I'd be by a margin, by a good margin. Well, I I hear you, buddy. If you're hearing this right now, speaking of hearing, and you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, listen up. My friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference to those of you, like the ones I just mentioned, that make a difference in their communities. It's time to buy a new home. You say to yourself, man, there's a lot here. Uh, How can I save some money? Well, he'll waive lender fees for all hometown heroes. That's uh, almost $2,000 in value right off the bat. And if you go with their preferred title company, you save another $600. So we're saving money off the top in bunches. So again, if you are active military veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, school teacher, and looking to buy a new home, choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. And ask about their hometown heroes program. Call 844 FSU Loan. If you get that loan, they'll give $250 to Rising Spear. So there you go. They're Knowles. They're working with other Knowles. People are getting their dream home, and then they're giving back to Rising Spear, and we're buying players. Who should be giving it all to football players? Oh, football players indeed. FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com.